everyone, and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. My name is Peggy Ployer, and I'm the founder and CEO, as well as the host of this weekly broadcast um, put on by Sped Homeschool. We at Sped Homeschool empower families to home educate children with learning challenges, and I encourage you to check out our website at spedhomeschool.com to learn more about the resources and support that we offer families. And you know what? Some of the best... Um, resources that we have our partners. And I'm excited again today to have another one of our partners on with us, Amanda Duncan. Welcome, Amanda. Thanks for being with us. Wonderful being here. Yeah, across the ocean, we are keeping this conversation going. So Amanda's over in the UK, and of course, um, I'm in the middle of the United States here in Texas. Um, if you want are watching and you want to pop on and say where you are from, we'd love to know where you're watching from too. I know we have viewers all over the world, and so it's exciting to hear. But um, also know that um, we are doing this live. So if you have a friend that um, may want to join us, we're talking about. Um, communication skills, improving them through storytelling on the go today. Um, it's one of the things that um, as we're wrapping up this month of April, we, we've been focusing a lot on how do we get learning outside, you know, and kind of away from the books because we're, we're probably kind of sick and tired of the books after so many months. I know that's how I always was with homeschooling my kids, my very active boys. Um, we just got to get outside. So, um, so hopefully today we'll give you some encouragement and, as well as some ideas on how to do that. So, um, so yeah, let's um, see. So yeah, share the broadcast. Know if you want to put comments or questions on if you're watching on YouTube or on our Facebook page, you can do that right in the feed and we will see those come up on my screen and we'll incorporate those in our conversation. Um, so if you have any questions off the top, make sure you um, throw those in or as we're going along, we'll, we'll see those as well. So, um, and if you're joining us on a recorded session, thank you for doing that. Thank you for downloading our podcast. A lot of you do that. I know I was at another conference this last weekend and so many parents said, I just love plugging you in my ear when I'm doing dishes. So if you're doing dishes, we hope that we make your dishwashing um, a little more enjoyable. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, so Amanda, as we get started, I would just love our audience to get to know maybe a little bit more about you and, um, and, and, and then we'll, we'll talk about, I guess you can talk about your organization too, and maybe just why you're so passionate about storytelling in general. It'd be a great way to start. Well, um, so I'm the founder of uh, Scribe Easy, which is a children's storytelling platform. Um, and it's a wonderful uh, opportunity to develop fun strategies to improve mm. children's vocabulary, their communication and holistic outcomes. Storytelling is dear to my heart, as I'm sure it is mm. for many um, parents who read to their children, yeah. who are looking, using the world around them to use that as a, a launch pad for, mm. for imparting information. But the wonderful right. thing around um, the platform that we developed is to try and embed and integrate sort of a blended learning approach mm. so that you could share knowledge but then help children with developing um, their skills to actually use the information. So mm. to get skills, a chance to have fun with building vocabulary. Um, the links, yeah. it's really interesting actually. I mean, so one of the reasons I started Scribe Easy was actually for my son. Mm. Uh, dyslexia and he was coming home uh, from school at the time and feeling very uh, disillusioned that mm. he was singled out in you know into a separate mm. class and and he was really fixated on the technique and it worried me that within mm. the classroom environment it was you know it wasn't the focus on what he had to say but it was how he was doing oh, the mechanics yes the mechanics. Mm -hmm. and um i i worried uh i'd read a report um from nasa mm -hmm. uh, about children going into schools uh 97 of them are near geniuses when they go in so the mm -hmm. age of 20 was a longitudinal study and then nasa i think it was over seven or eight years um then they tested the same cohort of children and rote learning had kind of 
quilt drilled oh. out. It wow. wasn't the, the, the kind of confidence of children, the, the creative confidence. So, yes, mm. they memorize, you know, good at, with memory. Um, they'd acquired skill, school skills. But mm-hmm. in terms of inventive powers, that those, you know, the, that sort of the whole brain needs to be working together. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they'd kind of lost their confidence. And those, those near geniuses, it was only, I think, 3%. Um, had retained oh. as adults, you know, the, the years later, that same um, ability. Mm. And that really struck me. Uh, my background is art, so I was mm. an art Um I actually have a, a master's in ceramics and glass. And oh, I remember awesome. when I got to um, the Royal College of Art thinking, why did, it, why did I have to wait so long to mm. learn how to learn? Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, families who are in that wonderful position where they have the opportunity to to teach children, you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. inspiration, imparting that that knowledge, and allowing children the the belief um, that you know to trust them that yes. by in the right uh-huh. direction, yeah. that they will develop the skills you might have to wait a little bit because it's very tempting to just give them a, a spelling oh, list yes and then mm-hmm. yes they know it but actually long-term studies show that when children learn to become good researchers and all those skill sets so give them the framework to discover mm-hmm. put them in the right environment and then let them go and those skills will they're lifelong skills yes and, and I think the thing the last little thing that struck me was um, at school, I hadn't done very well in maths. I hadn't done very mm. well in um, chemistry and sciences. And yet I get on to my master's and and I excelled in chemistry because I was formulating mm. phrases. I was suddenly yes. interested in uh-huh. The interest-based learning. Where, mm-hmm. Yeah, where the minerals come from, where the cobalt come, you know, the mountains in Zaire. It was mm-hmm. just suddenly the periodic table took on a whole new meaning for me yeah. because I was interested in it. And so that was the start for me with Scribe Easy to, to help my son mm. and to allow him a, a method that would allow him to learn to tell stories, build his vocabulary through his interests. So we would scrapbooking mm. really, but we yeah. digitized it so we could scale it. That's so cool. Yeah. And I love you sharing your example like that, because um, I think as parents, like especially of young children, we can sometimes look at how the um, the rote learning just has to happen. It mm-hmm. has to happen. And and yet we we can make it so tedious and difficult. And and I know I felt a lot of times like I was just talking to a blank wall with my kids. <laughs> and, um, and I really felt uncomfortable with that method. And I, I felt a lot of people around me were very much in disagreement with what I did um, when I homeschooled my kids. But now looking at how creative my kids are as young adults, um, I, I don't regret having taught them in a much more different method than mm. just rote learning. And I didn't know about that study, but I guess internally that was just how I felt God was leading me and I, I followed it and um, it, was, it was awesome. So, yeah. so yeah. So thank you for, for sharing that. Cause yeah, it's, um, it's important for us to hear over and over again. And um, so, so yeah, so I, you've got some slides and I'm going to pull those up. Um, so that we can see them. And if you are listening on the podcast, just know that um, you can pop over to our YouTube channel at Sped Homeschool and you can watch this full interview. Um, we're also going to share um, three or four um, shorter segments next week um, on our YouTube channel as well. So if there's just a small section that you want to rewatch instead of um listening or watching the entire one, um, those, those will be on our YouTube channel next week. But, um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about improving communication through on the go storytelling and I'm excited to get started. So, um, so just let me know when I should be popping through the slides and I will, will do that. <laughs> so I, yeah, slide, slide two, I've kind of covered. So mm-hmm. a little bit 
about me, um, my studio, um, and the kind of work um, that I've done in the past in terms of where ceramics led me as a designer, um, but also now uh, moving into technology. Mm. Uh, just with uh, Scribe Easy, we deliver workshops um, around the world and the, the UK, um, but digital okay. storytelling. But it's very, if we go to the next slide, um, yeah. just the screenshots from the platform, um, just to give an overview of the approaches children can make things. So the workshops mm -hmm. include making uh, things which and items which then they take in to build digital pictures. So the, the communication is in the composition of an image. So the stillness right. of an image, how you might use language, scale, perspective, moving things around, giving children time to, you know, for ideation. Um, oh, so yeah. visual spelling list, for example, mm -hmm. um, you're working with teeth or a deer or a robot that you've made. Um, mm -hmm. And the platform allows children to work in a very self-contained place, but use their storytelling research so photographs that they've made and objects that they've made mm -hmm. and then help them um, through uh, analysis through technology if we can break down the sorts of words that they've written through might have um, text-to-speech children's vocabulary are often right. more um, it's more uh, you know it's going to be wider than when it's written or if they're not typing so fast but they can get words down onto the page very quickly which means that we can mm. appeal to all sorts of abilities and then help children from once their words are on the page, parts of speech, the verbs, the nouns, to start to understand the patterns around your own learning. Right. So giving children the tools to be, um, to, to work together with parents, mm -hmm. but also um, to start to analyse their, you know, their, their stories. Yeah. So that was mm -hmm. the trust of scrubbies you know the next slide i won't talk too much about scrubbies yeah. but well and i wanted to point out too is you know that the text-to-speech is great but when using it like just alone by itself it turns into dictation which is an extremely difficult thing to do <laughs> even as an adult i find it hard to dictate because i have to add in the commas and you know and you can go back and do that but um but the way that you have it set up because i've i've used a um the, your program, you gave me a sample of it. And it was so easy to just be able to pick and choose those words. And, um, and then you can stop yourself. And like you said, with the images they add in, and it's, it's a process. And um, so it's just, it's really cool. And it's colorful too, which, you know, yeah. brings well, kids we, in. It does. And, and it's interesting, we'll talk a little bit more because it this, this topic was so close to everything that we do. Um, mm. Um, but in terms of using photographs um, and then combining things, so rather than giving a child a photograph, suddenly they, they pick the objects, it's their mm -hmm. choices. Um, but the, the use of photographs, it means that, um, you know, their descriptions are very powerful uh, because yeah. they can actually see the colours, they're analysing. I mean, I just wanted to include very quickly this, um, this I really love this, uh, you see the goblin with the... Mm -hmm. um, house um you probably don't have many houses like this in texas but um this is a little old house in the cotswold which is in the middle of england mm. but um, the we asked the and these were reception years children so these are four and five year olds and okay. this we asked the children so there's there are 30 a class of 30 and so some examples here and we asked them to find in the story pack the, the crooked house and then find the goblin. So that was a little bit, you know, some research, mm -hmm. hearing the words, and then describe the goblin by looking at the crooked house. Hmm. So this is what one, and there's a thesaurus in the platform as well. Um, the hunchback old goblin was as corrupt. So they got that word, they typed in bad initially. Right, and then the thesaurus brought up the, yep. <laughs> corrupt, misshapen, and crooked as the ancient stony house and the crumbly brickwork is like the goblin's flaky skin. And mm. for a young writer, you know, to start seeing the world and to open up rather than just focusing, we show children where to focus their attention mm -hmm. within the photographs or on, you know, on their journey 
which we'll talk about more. But the, yeah. the, it, it enriches the storytelling just by showing children where to look and how mm-hmm. to look. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, when we get into the mechanics, we yeah. forget about the creativity part that's really necessary for storytelling. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So the, the next slide, Peggy. Yeah. We'll mm-hmm. start with um, what we'd love to show you or share with you today. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to go through the why and tools and resources. Okay. And. The ability to notice, the bu- building curiosity and the benefits, outcomes and emerging patterns. So I'm excited to get started. So um, so let's start with the why then. <laughs> so I thought it was useful to, to just stop and think, well, what is And commu- what is, yeah, what is communication? That's like the elephant in the room, isn't it? And <laughs> <laughs> so, why is it important? And how can storytelling on the go well, how, do, how does it actually play a role in building up good communication skills? Hmm. And I think it's really, as parents, we're rushing around a lot of the time and, you know, you're trying to fit things in and you just the trip to the shops, you know, or mm-hmm. what you're doing, you're online shopping and busy lifestyles. Right. Um, we forget sometimes that there every, so many moments can be a moment for mm. building a little bit of so creativity. True and sharing a little bit of, of information. Um, and so to think about uh, communication, it's uh, the next slide. Yeah. Is, uh, it's an opportunity as, you know, within discussions, our trips, our, you know, car journeys, um, mm. walking, talk, you know, those talking, to, to always have, opportunity to build up the four C's, which we need more now than ever for the 21st mm. century. Mm-hmm. Peggy and I were just talking earlier about how children now are going to change jobs typically seven times or more in their lifetimes. The, yeah, the careers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their careers are going to change. And I, I can see with my eyes so closely tuned into technology, um, mm. the, 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 the biggest demand for employability is creativity is having children that have agile thinking Mm -hmm. that work with information um so are skillful in their with their um abilities Mm -hmm. but actually take information and repurpose it reuse it yeah Um, so out of that skills i mean i'm we're we're working closely with a lot of nurseries and very early years here as well Hmm. and um it's really interesting the links with communication and vocabulary that's earned learned in the early years and teenage uh behavioral um patterns Ah. Uh, Hmm. the children that are there's a longitudinal study i can post up the links for yeah yeah share them in the description if a research that was done in um, Australia and they showed that um, children that had wider vocabulary in their early years um, just went on to be far more successful, were less likely to uh, fall foul in their, you know, mm-hmm. in, their, in their ways to drop out. Um, right. It was quite, you know, quite profound really how... Mm having really good vocabulary um, hmm. affected children's behavior. And because wow. it's obvious in a way, but their mm-hmm. ability to self-express. But just coming back, we I talk about vocabulary, but vocabulary can be, um, you know, many things. Um, if we mm. go to the next slide. Yeah. Children's skill sets through their speech, through their visual cues. And this is where storytelling mm. go is wonderful because um you know if, if you're observing um mm-hmm. noticing people's reactions building up children's social and emotional learning is really powerful mm-hmm. um you know body posture oh, how do you think that what was going on there do you sort of mean mm-hmm. those kind of mm-hmm. those unspoken cues yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. um obviously the parts of speech i think um we do a lot of work within our workshops on giving children choice. So the words you might want to choose, the verbs, the um, the adjectives. So mm. she was happy, 
or she was delighted or she was ecstatic. Suddenly Mm. there's more punch or there's more power. So having range, emotional range within your vocabulary. So showing children the, you know, you could focus quite quickly on the specific specific word that they've used, but then give them the ranges um, Mm. up and down of that, you know, the emotional valence is, you know, is is quite um, powerful to the children. Mm -hmm. Um, Creative formats. um, Obviously, there's the different sorts of communication that comes through art and film. Um, There's a, in the middle here, the picture here is um, a lovely wall that uh, is painted uh, a street artist in London Bridge. Mm. And I see him recently on a, on, on a walk and he showed us his he'd been paid by our London transport to to decorate walls streets mm-hmm. and it was absolutely amazing to stand and observe and see how mm. these hearts how people reacted passers-by and they would stand and cuddle each other in front of the hearts and oh, wow that's <laughs> amazing and it's those little sort of touches and those that bringing those I guess those um, moments of for children to observe mm. how colours and tone and shapes um, are all forms of communication too and right. how they can make others feel. Mm. Um, so empathy, mm-hmm. um, pattern, temperature. Um, so that was sort of a cover-off of the sorts of ways we get quite focused on communication being one, one thing. Yes, you know, so yes. And that's it's good to remember. Mm-hmm. Yes. And children, the, the, the tin cans here, well, they're, they're paper cans, but uh-huh. those were some workshops that we did recently. And the children all made uh, an artwork, a tin can themselves with their mm-hmm. own labels to express oh. themselves. And yeah. so they were drawing and created their own fonts and mm. created their own uh, and used their colours to self-express and, and then talk about things. So, it was a wonderful right. um, thing. So next slide. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing when you, you start with that, that component that gives them the ability to choose and create and just how much communication can come from that. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting. All right. So tools for storytellers. I'm yes. excited um, about this. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking about storytelling on the go and um, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure... Most parents will, you know, be very familiar with these kind of things. So keeping notes, scrapbooking, Mm -hmm. taking photographs with your phone, um, collecting things and obviously analysing them later, Mm -hmm. measuring things. They're great opportunities for the maths and the science and then the research after. Also also before, uh, which I'll talk about a little bit more. um, Hmm. And... uh, Things, if you're reading books, how you might bring a book to life through, for example, a journey mm. by looking at the characters that might fit the characters that you're reading about. Ah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll talk about this later, but I'm reading a wonderful book at the moment um, by Catherine Rundell. It's called Ruth Toppers. I recommend it so mm. highly. Um, but so the characters are so vivid. But now I'm mm. walking around, it's for sort of, well, children nine years up um uh-huh. but it's lovely when you look around and you're enjoying a book but then suddenly you think oh that would that would suit that character or yes it does that I didn't yeah because I haven't ever processed that but yes when you're in the midst of a, a story and you kind of start bringing that whole thing into your world and you find yourself using some of the words that the characters use and <laughs> all of <Yeah>. that <laughs> or you're at the checkout till and you think Hi, that character would really fit that character. Mm-hmm. You know, this this mm-hmm. right. books yeah. to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, uh, I was thinking about um, car journeys. Uh, mm. Sometimes it's really good to just let children get a little bit bored, look out the window, and yes, uh huh. Now in the day and age when we've got video screens in front of them and all of those things, we, we've lost that that art of imagination and, yes. and boredom <laughs> that yeah. we had in our generation. Yes, <laughs> so. and, and I'm such a big fan of, of allowing children to have a little bit of time to 
be a little bit bored because mm-hmm. that's when the invention starts. And I think yes. it's very easy to give children something to do. Big mm-hmm. tendency, read a book, do this, or, you know, why don't mm-hmm. you draw? Allow children to make the decisions for themselves because you're empowering them as adults to, yeah. to think about how to fill time. Mm, and when they start so making, mm. yeah, um, and I see it, you know, with my son now, uh, you know, I'm bored, mum, and it's really mm-hmm. hard sometimes because I'll just try and not <laughs> say anything, right? Yes, because he knows where everything is, mm-hmm. and um, and it's interesting to see after a bit. And he's, oh, he's gone and he started doing that. It was uh-huh. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. We would take our kids yeah. camping and then hiking. And of course, some of the places we went camping, I mean, now you can get data just about everywhere. But um, it, during that time, we didn't always have mobile data. And so they were bored a lot more because <laughs> we, we created those scenarios where there wasn't any place to plug in uh, things and, and all that. And yeah. So, so if you're desperate and you're finding out, how do I get my kids off of technology? Just go camping for a week. Yeah, go camping. <laughs> and start picking up the leaves and the twigs and the yes, and the, or just listening to the picking out the different sounds of the of the birds. You know, it's mm. we if we forget, we I think there's there's a lot of pressure on as parents to feel oh, we've got to set our child up for. For careers, for their, you know, to mm-hmm. have more as most much intelligence and knowledge as possible, but actually, um, you know, the the ability to to work with just a little bit of information mm-hmm. and be agile in your thinking and quick thinking is just as powerful. Children will pick yes. up. Mm-hmm. The, they don't they don't need to be on a quiz all the time, do they? Just answering questions. It's um, exactly yes, yes. That is a very, very good reminder. <laughs> the next, the next um, slide, and I love this um, quote: "You can observe a lot by observing." Mm. <laughs> um, and it's so true. Um, we often think, um, and I was just going back to car journeys and and agile thinking, mm-hmm. but um, I just added in a couple of thoughts here for car journeys but um but helping children for example connect what you see so what you get when you cross a you know a butterfly with a cow or you know just oh if you see, yes uh-huh well just get them mixing things up you know mm-hmm. on, on, on a journey oh, yeah. Yeah. um and and just having fun uh, mm-hmm. with, with bits of information and and spotting things and then playing you know playing with them quick things but um that's something very you know in a couple of seconds that little you know all parts of the brain will have lit up Mm -hmm. uh, to come up with some fun answers there so if we go to the next slide i'm going to move on a little bit from observing and observe uh, being looking and seeing and what's the difference and Hmm. Um, recently, uh, I live not far from the River Thames in, in mm. London, and we get two tides, two tides a day, a high and a, and a low tide mm-hmm. twice a day. And so when the tide is down, it's a wonderful time for mudlarking. I don't know if you have the same mm. phrase. Mudlarking um, is a Victorian term. Okay. And when people in the Victorian times um, would go and try and find what they could in, in the Thames, you know, hmm. in the sand and keep the finds. So it's become quite popular as a, as a pastime. You often see okay. families down and you probably get that with your riverbeds, but the, the River right. Thames, it's been, um, you know, such a, uh, a source of trade and mm. mm-hmm. uh, industry. So it's amazing what you do find in, in the silt. Huh. Yeah. Um, recently, uh, I went with some friends and um, some younger children and we were finding, we just went to find, see what we could see. Right. And it really struck me because we were wandering back and we'd been looking Mm. and we had some finds, we had some clay pipes and um, Mm. I had a couple of sort of nice coloured stones that I liked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nothing in particular. And on the way back, 
we bumped into um, a chap who, I don't know, like Peter, his name was, but he, he was a professional. He had a, a metal detector. Oh, his, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I said, what have you got in your box there? Uh-huh. And um, he showed us and he had, I said, oh, gosh, you know, we were all agog with what he mm-hmm. had. Oh, what are these? <laughs> oh, these are horses' teeth. And I'd never seen shapes like that before. And huh. um, some Elizabethan musket balls, like little pellets, and tiny, and then these tiny, tiny little pins. It was no way we'd seen anything like this, but we decided to walk back and Mm -hmm. have a look. We were inspired by what he'd found. And you know what? We found, because we were looking for them, we were Mm. actively looking for them, we moved from being passive, Uh you know, to actively seeing and mm. my goodness, we came back with horses, teeth, all sorts of things that wow. we, we we knew what to look for. Our mm. eyes tuned in, and I just couldn't stop thinking how, when you know what you know. So if you do a bit of research before your storytelling on a go journey, it's right. amazing. You know, I was looking at the climate for Texas. You know, mm-hmm. and you know you've got such a yeah, it was, well, it was so different from. It's very different from where you are. Yes. <laughs> and um, I was thinking, gosh, what would that list look like? And the kind of research I was looking up the birds and the trees, and you know, it was interesting when you know if you're going out to to look for something, it's like right, we're going to see ten jackdaws today, or ten eagles, or mm-hmm. do you see? Really there's real fun in the storytelling on you know on the go and there's the maths and there's the um working together to find right. it as mm-hmm. well which is yeah really- i know of people that do because we're near the ocean and they go down and they go with their kids they they look for seed pods because um seeds that have fallen off of trees in africa will actually come all the way here to texas and you can find those pods and then teach them um, in geography, where those seeds started from and how they far they traveled um, to get to the beach here. Um, so, so yeah, there's just so many things. But, but if, yeah. if you didn't know it was a seed pod, you just you'd walk right over it and yes. yeah. not think anything more of it. So I'm so glad, yeah, you brought that up because that is, it does it adds a di- different dimension when you know there's things out there that um, that you can be looking for instead yes. of just anything yes it's that subtle shift of mm-hmm. look of you know looking and and seeing um, right. and spending a little bit of time to to prep up before you go of what you might find so you get so much more it's enriched you know that trip right. that you might plan to do and mm-hmm. so then the next slide peggy yep um was I was thinking about storytelling on the go. Oh, sorry, that was the horses. So there's what you found, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's really cool. And just yeah. suddenly we looked at the, the the you know the ground in front of us, and it was just looked completely different. Mm-hmm. So the next slide, um, yeah. please, was this was was about doing the same, but also something different. So hmm. um, there's a lot to do with you know we often get into routines and patterns, and yes. so thinking about what more could we get out of storytelling? Um, we don't always have the time to, you know, but we could do a walk differently. Mm. Um, not necessarily backwards, but just go the different way around the block or the different way around oh, the park. Yes. I run mm-hmm. quite a lot and I know if I run the different way around the park, it looks completely different. And Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, that was really quite interesting. And, and, Again, there's lots of psychology, um, psychological studies that suggest that just by doing something different uh, will bring, you know, make the storytelling um, more, uh, you know, enrich the storytelling, mm. will increase the creativity and the ability to, to, to innovate. So huh. um, looking up, you know, it's just simple things, maybe just focusing on you going out, but you're going to only look mm. up, you're only going to look to the left. Or mm-hmm. the right. Um, so right, yeah. Uh, maybe going back to the same place, different times of the day. So mm-hmm. observation. Right. What's, uh, what's accessible, you know, what's changed. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, looking for, uh, looking for um, 
different uh, shapes and sizes, uh, things, you know, the objects that you might find. Um, mm. How can you bring them to life with your, you know, your imagination? Ah. Um, mm-hmm. So collecting things is right. One. Yeah. So yeah. next slide. Um, and my was, daughter found a skeleton the last time we were camping. And I don't know if she's even figured out what it is yet, but it was so fun to listen to her, you know, think through her head what all these species it could have been. <laughs> and just to see the creativity start coming out in that. And, and then she was doing research and she found out about this kid that's clean skeletons and she learned the process of how to clean it. And um, so, yeah, just just that one little find turned into like days, if not weeks of research and fun. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what, how much mileage you can get. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Something. Mm-hmm. I forgot to say, pareidolia is the um, thing that I love doing with, you know, with Josh. We would lie and look at, you know, the shapes that we could see in the clouds. And, oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. a rock or a stone and it looks anthropomorphic you know it looks like a character or right mm-hmm. the or forming you know making other things out of objects right. mm-hmm. um that's wonderful storytelling you know with with objects and sculpture mm-hmm. and shapes and sizes so oh yeah um, yeah so, so we just um, forget we, we forget to look up <laughs> that's <laughs> And just and be playful with the things that you mm, might mm-hmm. as well. Um, I saw actually going back to the Thames, uh, another family had laid out all the stones in colour order. And oh. it was really beautiful because <laughs> there was the brick, you know, going through mm-hmm. all the stones. And, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's so much opportunity mm. to, to learn. But so this yeah. one was this next... Um, the next thoughts were around ways to build curiosity. Um, yeah. So the golden circle, um, hmm. just by thinking, you know, having uh, the what, how, and the why, and applying hmm. that to virtually anything, yeah. um, suddenly, uh, you know, you've got, why, why I just put an example here, and I did look up the answers, actually, and I can't remember them now. But, hmm. um, <laughs> um, Sorry, that's meant to be so. Um, what is the sky? You know, mm-hmm. and actually you look it up, you think, oh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> it's all sorts of atoms and, you know, it's right it's, and it's reflected yeah, and it's, it's not and, exactly yeah. what we see. And yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I was thinking, oh, you know, how's the sky blue, but the space is black? Mm-hmm. Why is blue suddenly just by applying the, the what how and the why to virtually anything mm-hmm. um you've got a, yeah. a a lesson there and or some research to, mm-hmm. to do answers so um and then obviously taking that on further um something I used to do with my son was he had um not this toy but he had a cow a soft cow that he loved mm. and he used to take this cow everywhere and um <laughs> I came across this quote by John Luc Goddard, which I thought was, it's not where you take things from, it's where you take them to. Oh, and, oh I love that. <laughs> I just thought, wasn't that lovely? You know, the thought of, you know, t- uh, taking the child's world into different places. Mm-hmm. You know, we took, you know, cow to NASA, to the moon, or the sun sun is this way to sort of... Um, I guess build empathy up with uh, early years, but how would Cal feel? What would he experience? Yes. <laughs> and just applying um, the what, how, how, where, who, when to, to places. And then, mm-hmm. you know, could it be this time or, you know, could it be current day or would it be in the past? Mm. And in terms of vocabulary and if you're writing creatively, suddenly your tenses would be changing. So oh, it's yeah. a wonderful way yeah. to to, to, to um, transition um, mm-hmm. times and what was life like then or just by getting one draft down and then shifting it to a different um, right. time zone. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And that happens so much easier through 
communication verbally because our kids will naturally catch that so much easier than when they're writing it down on paper. And so to be working on that, this, the switches between tenses, um, yet in that context makes it easier when they, Mm -hmm. they move to that in a writing context. I know that, um, that's, that's a really difficult concept to get if you haven't experienced it like that. Yes. We're, we're um, as a platform, starting to work with lots of uh, museums. And it's mm. interesting. So we look at, um, you know, different settings because within the platform, there's, there's always a setting. You put mm. your characters in and you've got your, and objects. And mm-hmm. we've got Victorian streets and the streets mm. I know well but they look so different so just for example uh, sitting in a place and then imagining storytelling on the go what might it be like in the future what mm. might it be like 10 years ago or 50 or 100 years ago right. um, yeah. the grain again a lovely way to just you know get children's imagination going and and thinking about mm. their futures I guess mm-hmm. storytelling yeah, yeah. Um, so the next slide um, was coming back to being active storytellers. So something that we see um, really through the Scribe Easy platform, um, and I think this is very common with children who may be, you know, are on the um, spectrum, for example, um, autistic, for example, or... ADHD, often children, and I just think it's a much easier way personally to learn, only because I like to get totally immersed in one mm. thing, always spinning lots of plates. But uh-huh. I remember sitting on a plane once, we'd been camping, we were coming back from a little island um, just outside of England, and uh, the the man on the plane, my son, was quite obsessed with uh, stones at the time. And so we had a collection of stones. Hmm. And his man turned around to me and he said, you know, whatever your son likes, just l- let him just follow it. Hmm. And it stood in my head. Huh. And, uh, you know, to, to do that. And he, he's now right. massive to football and sports. But mm-hmm. it was interesting. So I really followed his interest. And I hmm. used to be quite observant to see where we went, you know, what, give him the choices to, to, to what objects would he pick up or right. what would he do with things? If we had a collection of things, you can see mm. we've got a bowl here from the, you know, how would he lay them out? Hmm. How would he organise them? Mm. Um, you know, and, and whether it was shape or whether it was by colour. So you start to see patterns in your, mm-hmm. in, in your child's um, thinking, mm-hmm. um, which... It, it, it really helps in terms of how to then share information with children because you can see yes. how to phrase it or how to, you know, mm-hmm. there's so many approaches to to share a topic and to bring it to life. But if you know mm-hmm. that you can get in there because it's mm-hmm. hitting the right angle that's going to appeal to them. Right, exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, yeah. And it makes it easier on them too because yeah. it you it's an open channel. Um, my middle one was so into superheroes that I even changed all of his math problems to superhero related math problems. And he would just get them instantly. And he would struggle if we put it in any other context. (laughs) So it just made it easy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's so true. My son says, you you sort of trick children, mom. (laughs) It's it's just like you're saying, it's just making learning engaging and Mm -hmm. thoughtful child and I think as adults it doesn't really ever stop if you're oh no exactly your brain is wired in different ways but so the next slide was just a quick slide Mm. around um expanding the curiosity so imagining that you've done your walk or you've done your um you know you're on the go storytelling but how to keep that going um Mm. and to, to sort of flip the learning so allowing children to to teach you back um, ah, yes uh-huh. so, yeah so what might they make to show you and present mm-hmm. to you um so it might be the stones and then maybe they a map and they'd put the things on the map around the mm-hmm. world found or um so building products you know things oh, um, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Creating a treasure hunt, for example, is a lovely way mm. for you know children to kind of learn how to navigate around um, you know like map map reading or um, showing you that they you know their memory of a place where they've been to and mm. dropping things into places so you know so that there could right. be clues to go to help you get to find a place so that they're learning about a particular place that you might mm-hmm. have taken to. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, just uh, the, the books there, actually, I remember the one time in my life where I had sort of creative envy was um, a, an artist um, had, and it was just a wonderful walk, and she created a podcast. And basically you, you went along to the library and you clipped on some headphones and it was a recording and you you had to find the clues to go to mm-hmm. the next place. And it started by going into the you were, you've got your headphones on and you had to mm-hmm. go and find the book that was a particular book in the library by listening to where she said where mm. to go. And you pulled out the book and then there was the next instruction. And it took you on a magical um, historical walk. Oh, wow. um, and it was so powerful as a concept hmm. and I did try it again <laughs> with my son by just doing little recordings and uh-huh. doing these hunt things so I kind of teed it up beforehand right but it, it was really fun to, huh. do, you know, to do and with a group of children you could make something really quite playful but um, right. that, it was it was very immersive as a mm-hmm. History of a place. Yeah. To, to, uh, they were listening to little recordings and sounds, and, mm-hmm. and you can around. Right. Um, yeah. Which would make you look in different directions than you normally would would look yes. and interact in an environment than how you would normally. It's it goes back to that concept you were talking about um, earlier. Is that you know when we do things maybe backwards or differently that it it, it gives us an entirely new perspective and um, yeah than we've seen it in the past. So that's very so, cool. So next slide thank yeah. you, was um, about on-the-go art and using mm. – um, oh, sorry, that was the last slide. Sorry, I, I was – next slide, Peggy, sorry. We, okay. I was uh, – There we go. Oh, there you go. So on-the-go art. So this is um, standing on a cliff. Um, in Hastings, which is a seaside town. It's probably a very different <laughs> landscape for Texas. Very different, yes. <laughs> Our houses are not that close together. <laughs> well, maybe in some places, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking about storytelling on the go in terms of um, art and using photography. Oh, and yeah. just by um, zooming in um, with my camera, suddenly, you know, uh, and then using different filters... I got mm. new perspectives, new angles, just from standing in the same place. Right. And there was something really uh, powerful, you know, from this photo, so it could be great, something that you could draw from. Mm. Or, uh, but it just made you, again, going back to, you can learn a lot from observing. Observe, you know, the, that just zoning in, going, breathing out and looking, you know, macro and then going in mm. micro. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I think we often forget to do. Yes. Um, we yeah. look at everything from one perspective, but actually mm-hmm. going deeper and deeper, um, whether yeah. it's a physical object or just using a camera. Mm-hmm. It, it's, uh, I think, the sort of, well, in this, it was very much about uh, from a creative perspective, suddenly you've got blocks of color and shapes, and the, mm-hmm. the, the photography becomes a very different. Um, piece you know an, an right. yeah, yeah it makes you slow down when you yes. want to stop and take a picture and we mm-hmm. lived on a farm for five years and I had a friend who would always come out every year and take take photographs because she said you live in the most beautiful place but I was always so busy that I never stopped enough to see the beauty until I looked at her pictures and you know just reminded me over and over again I do live in a beautiful place why don't I stop <laughs> you know the, the busyness of life gets us so caught up in that and we can do that with our kids too and stop, not stop and look but that gift of photography is 
it's amazing to give you just give your kid a camera. And I mean, some of the pictures they come back with are are hilarious <laughs> and a different perspective than you'd ever have taken a picture of whatever the object was of. <laughs> so because if they're young, their height immediately. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And you, you see the world through their eyes, don't you? Sort of mm-hmm. adult legs. So, so, right. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I think uh, in keeping that going uh, yes. is really, but allowing children to, to be playful um, mm-hmm. with their storytelling, with, with whatever tools that, you know, they can, you know, get their hands on really. Um, right. But yeah, cameras yeah. are wonderful. And then, You've got things, I mean, the cutting things up and montaging. Oh, that's yeah. Very powerful mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, just combining those ideas, but visually being able to do that and then to be able to put words to it afterwards, after you've really thought and and contemplated, you know, all of the, that crossover. You know, it's you took that concept at the very beginning of our discussion about, yeah, what would have been mashup be between, you know, this and this? But yeah. now when we're looking at a photograph, we have a little more time to contemplate that and really think deeper into it. And for kids who have slow processing speeds, that is key to have mm-hmm. images so they can t- have the time to give the words to those images too. Yes, yes. the descriptive powers, the colors, the, the shapes mm-hmm. that we see. Um, and, oh. Yeah. I just know we we went to um, we went took our kids to Rome for ten days, and and my daughter is an artist and she is one of those that has always been very observant. Um, she didn't learn it from her mother, um, but she would sit in these cathedrals, and all of a sudden she sat down and she was looking at the ceiling. She goes, "Do you know that every one of those tiles, the the flowers up above, are different?" I'm like, I would have never even looked at the ceiling, let alone spent enough time to figure out that they were all different shapes. <laughs> brilliant power of observation yeah yeah yeah. but you know that's to cultivate that yes Um, yes and just that creativity it just increases Mm. by being able to observe so yes yeah so then the next slide we um was just looking at um you know how the things that you might gather Hmm. um so whether it's photography or the, the drawings or the collections that you've, you've made, but how right. that might start to influence your creative writing. And I mm. just couldn't resist putting in um, um, a little thing from this book that I'm reading because it's mm. just, it's topical to me at the moment. And um, yeah. I love the way uh, Catherine Rundell, so this is how she describes a house. Hmm. Um, she woke up. She woke, she woke when they drew up in a street smelling of trees and horse dung. Sophie loved the house at first sight. The bricks were painted the brightest white in London and shone even in the dark. The basement was used to store the overflow of books and paintings and several brands of spiders. And the, <laughs> and the roof belonged to the birds and Charles lived in the space in between. Mm. And just thought how... By putting those elements of, you know, a pile of books, a house, a bird, mm-hmm. you know, how how when if you're reading a book and you show a child what's possible in terms of writing, so mm-hmm. the next time they go to describe a house, they're mm-hmm. still to go. They might have collected some articles, you know, for well, who lived in the house, just or what right. would be in the house, and mm-hmm. so something that would inform how they. They might borrow from right. Another. It wouldn't just be a description of the exterior of the house. There, yes. You'd be thinking more interior it, and living things and all of that. Yes, like it goes beyond your typical yes. description. Mm-hmm. So the gathering of article, you know, things, the storytelling on the go. Those objects can become very powerful um, yeah. tools for for the imagination. Mm-hmm. And how you might connect them, seemingly disparate things together yeah. mm-hmm. um, Absolutely. So next slide um moving just now to towards the end but looking at yeah. benefits and outcomes mm-hmm. um, ultimately uh the storytelling on the go we're building 
confidence because children were building children's agility in their thinking. Mm. Um, they're not being tested, so to speak. They're right. their imagination. Mm-hmm. You're allowing them to take authorship um, because I think the, the focus should be on allowing the child to lead in mm. storytelling on the go. So you might frame, create a framework for them, um, right. but for them to to lead, you should mean, with their answers, mm-hmm. the how, why, mm-hmm. Give them the opportunity to make those, you know, to, to find the answers. Um, I think yeah. the, the storytelling on the go gives space mm. for uh, for the thinking and the reflection and the time to, you know, yeah. to create ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, um, and the, the benefits of the things that you collect and the, the reflection oh, yeah. after the mm-hmm. trip or, or, you know, the You've got time for analysis, organisation skills. Hmm. Um, you've got that sense of well-being, the enjoyment from the activity. Right. Uh, if you've set something up and you've been working together, then there's collaboration mm-hmm. and sharing, working together. Maybe the storytelling included finding sticks that you would make a, a structure with. Do you sort mm-hmm. of you know, or, um, And then you photograph that, and then the you know that the story carries on. Right, um, uh-huh. the creativity, and ultimately the storytelling on the go. You're helping your child advance in your family life. You know their, their social life, mm. um, their ability to understand others. Um, yeah. I think just by being observant of people around them and noticing mm. body posture, and you know all those things that we kind of take for granted, but you could almost make a. Um, you know, you might be going out specifically to see, oh, how many people are smiling today? Or do you see what I mean? Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things. Um, and finally, um, you know, there's the entrepreneurial the entrepreneurial thinking, mm-hmm. um, problem solving. Um, we might have seen a, you know, a, a stream that needed a dam or, you know, those mm-hmm. kind of you know, mm-hmm. How would you, you could keep those stories going long after you've visited there. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, and, it's amazing how, you know, we, we cultivate these things in our kids' minds through the storytelling process. Mm-hmm. And yet we're not demanding any output other than ideas. Um, yes. And eventually that output will be something because... We, we just can't keep it bottled up. We can't keep bo- stories bottled up inside of us. I think we're, we're just made as a storytelling people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so eventually that will come out, but it's not forced. Um, yeah. And that's what makes it beautiful too. Mm-hmm. And I think children that feel confident creatively will feel more confident because they've got a sense of value about, mm-hmm. oh, this was great. This thing uh-huh. that I did was great and so then you slowly helping them blossom and right and yes through. yeah um, yeah so the next the next slide peggy mm-hmm. was um just ways in terms of a framework for storytelling on the go um mm. about patterns and observing and seeing how children might lay things out for example the things the tendencies where <laughs> you might ask them where would you like to go today you know that's when you start to see um, some patterns, but it's a wonderful ch- way to to meet the child where the child is. Mm, exactly. Um, uh, I saw, um, and again, I have to give you the uh, the um, the link. Mm-hmm. But um, Pete Warmby, um, I, I just discovered this just yesterday when I was putting this together, this talk for us, um, and he tweeted out. Um, and asked his question, has anyone managed to make a living from any special interest? Mm. And the response was unbelievable from mm. people that had just focused on one thing because of mm. autism. Mm. And their careers were unbelievable. Mm. Uh, you know, working in NASA, you know, and, and mm-hmm. because they've been allowed to focus. And it didn't mean, and I think there's that big worry with parents that, oh, they don't know this or they don't know that. And they were trying to fill them with so much stuff. So, so much stuff, exactly. Let the child, you know, follow their passions mm-hmm. and everything else 
will follow, you know, a bit like I was going back to ceramics. Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly the chemistry fitted in, the math, the, right. you know, the, the, the storytelling through the clay, through the mm-hmm. shapes and the forms that I made, the mm-hmm. found my, you know, my, my passion. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And especially for us on the autism spectrum that um, your brain is a freight train when it's on the right path and yes. you can do amazing things when it's on that, on that track. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And I think this, uh, the next slide was just reiterating mm-hmm. what we've just said. I've got a, I didn't know you were going to talk about your um, son with the superheroes, but. Um, oh yeah. But <laughs> um you can once you know what their patterns are, mm-hmm. uh, what they love, you can teach anything. Like we were saying earlier, through really, yeah, mm-hmm. That's so true. Um, and yeah. then um, just the the last thing was this: the next slide. This is a very accessible book. Um, mm-hmm. It was written a few years ago, but um, it's it's a wonderful book for uh, creative thinking. It's very mm-hmm. graphically represented um you know there's some lovely examples inside of i'll just try and find you a page i should have um it's it's just unexpected outcomes from a graphic um i should have marked a page for you but um oh here's one i don't know if you can see here but um uh, it's a candle with uh with some numbers down you know down the side but it's it was put together by some advertising creatives who did graphics. Um, and it it's very accessible for hmm. parents, I felt, to, to to see how they can encourage children with connection making. Right, and yeah. And so if you're listening to the podcast, the title of that book is The Secret of Highly Creative Thinker. Or The, the Secret yes. of the Highly Creative Thinker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How to Make Connections. Mm-hmm. Um and that was that was my that's my contribution for the topic today awesome well yeah that that filled the hour (laughs) so um and it was so much good information um yeah i i think the 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 more that we share this this idea of you know learning um and boosting creativity um the the better off that our kids are going to be in the future um just because we need creative thinkers and we need to be able to cultivate that. Um, like you said before, it gets cultivated out of them. <laughs> and then it's much more difficult to, to get that to put back, back in. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, it really is. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Um, just I used to teach um, further education as well as um, early years and taught in a further ed college for around 11, um, 11 years. And We'd have doctors and lawyers and um, also, sorry, my phone's gone. Oh, no. Oh, I think it's because people are trying to get into the house. <laughs> and, um, um, the, uh, the, the, the confidence, they were highly academic, but mm. their, um, their creative confidence with mm. just the love of play, um, it took a long time to kind of, build that up and get that um agile thinking back Mm -hmm. right and i think we all can be uh you know keep our storytelling skills on the go as parents as much as children it's a Mm -hmm. lovely time to rekindle our brains Exactly. Yes. Well, thank you for inspiring us in that. And um, if you want to find out more about Amanda's program, Scribe Easy, it, um, you can go to scribeeasy.com. And if uh, you watch on the YouTube channel, we'll have that link in the description so that you can just click on that. Um, but if you're listening on the podcast, it's S-C-R-I-B-E-A-S-Y. So it's kind of scribe and easy, but the E is shared and then .com. So um, you'll want to check out her website and and all of that. And on the screen is how to connect with you as well. So thank you again, Amanda. I appreciate your time. And I know you've, you've kind of had some moving around today and, and it's a different time zone. And uh, we appreciate you uh, making time for us in your, your schedule and sharing with us. So, and, well, and thank you, Peggy. It's thank a pleasure you. To be here. 
Yes. And we're excited that you're a new partner. And, you're, and so even if you go to the Sped Home School website, you'll find the Scribe Easy um, product. And we're excited to be um, be working with you. So, right. so yeah. Yeah. And thank you. Yes. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you as our viewers as well. And um, just love that you join us every week. Um, so we are wrapping up the month of April and the on the go learning next month is mental health awareness month. And so we are going to be focusing on mental health issues um, starting next week. And next week specifically, we're going to be talking to um I can't remember my guest name. It's Dave Carl, I do believe. Um, but the the title for our conversation is Boosting Self-Confidence in Students Who've Been Bullied. And Dave grew up with a disability and is going to kind of share with us what it was like to go through that and then to, um, to be able to build up his confidence after those bullying experiences so that you can um, share that with um, your children as an encouraging story. And he's also a, a book writer. So, um, but... Just know that um, this broadcast was sponsored by viewers like you. And if you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation to Sped Homeschool, we're a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, you can do that on our website. Just visit spedhomeschool.com. And in addition to making a donation, you can also find a lot of really helpful homeschool resources on our website. So search around, see what you can find. You can find curriculum like Amanda's um, Scribe Easy program, or you can find therapists and tutors, um, testing professionals, lots of um, incredible articles written by our um, our partners as well. So, um, so thank you again, all of you for joining us. And um, thank you, Amanda. And we'll see you all again here next week, same time, same place. And um, until then, have an awesome week and God bless everybody. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.